0: This used to be my elevator, in my building. i fired people on every one of these floors.
1: Sergio. George, I mean, Giorgio. I stopped off at the bank on the way to the airport to deposit that gold bar. Oh. They were not overly impressed with its quality. In fact, the vice president is using it as a doorstop. Ah, for the man who has uh, everything. Oh, basta on the pasta, Paul. Okay, George, okay, I knew I couldn't fool you for long. Now listen, the last time you were cited, it was on Skid Drive in Beverly Hills, soliciting cellular phone calls from teenagers. What's the scam? George, I'm pulling off the biggest comeback since Sherry Lewis,
0: Marivaux, Meatloaf, and Kurt Waldheim. And I'm gonna do it as Sergio Violante
1: in the mail room. The mail room? That's a dead end. It's in the basement. It's, it's ethnically diverse. The perfect place to bury Alex Femme. Wanna help? Bury her? Have you forgotten, buddy? I still love her. What's in it for me? More money in a day than Barry the killer dealer makes in six months from his shopping channel. QVC? QED. Look, George,
0: I know how you feel about Alex Femme. She's beautiful, she's powerful, and she's been your mistress for almost a year now.
1: Yeah. Anytime now, I could be walking down that aisle towards that judge in a super-pricey palimony suit. So, Pally, what do you say?
0: Ah, Mr. Violente. Ms. Femme said to start you over there with Mohammed, washing off canceled stamps for recycling.
1: Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, is this something's the matter, George? No, Sergio. Let me introduce you to your new boss, Singha Long. Uh, welcome, you are welcome. Please to meet your frequency. Power, starring Philip Proctor, Peter Bergman, and Melinda Peterson. Written by Philip Proctor and Peter Bergman and produced by Ted Bonnet. One, two, three. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thank you, Eddie. Well, I have the pleasure of having in the studio right now two dear friends of mine, Paul Krasner, who has been with you and kept you laughing and kept you thinking for yi these many three or four decades, and he has come out with a new book, uh, confessions of a Raving Unconfined Lunatic, or Misadventures in the uh, Counterculture, which is available on Simon and Schuster. Hi, Paul. Hello, hello. And Paul and I have done radio before. We'll get into that. And also with us, Mike Bowles, who was uh, head of new media at Hughes Electronics, but he's leaving LA and going up into Silicon Valley, where he's going to be the head, head CEO, the chief um, evading officer uh-huh. of a startup <laughs> digital communication company. Hi, Mike. I mean. nice. nice to have you here. Mike and I meet at the Pirates' uh, coffee roaster over a jubilate often and discuss the world. So, Paul, starting with you, uh, now you're an author, right? Now, what's what does it feel like to have entered the world of authorship? Has it changed your life at all?
2: Well, you know, I mean, that's an autobiography, so... I knew what I was writing about. Are but, you sure? You're but sure. I, but I'm working on a novel now, and it's, you have to make stuff up. Yeah, isn't that something? A plot,
0: characters, it's a whole different trip. Well, one of the things we're going to be talking about now is revolution. You've obviously been involved in what we called the revolution of the sixties. You were in the, the trial of the Chicago... Is it eight now, or because of inflation, has it become the Chicago Nine? I can't remember if they've,
2: if they've doped that up. I think up. it's become the Indianapolis 500. The Indianapolis
0: 500. Everybody's available mm-hmm. now. And, and Mike has written a paper, a very interesting paper, comparing the french revolution with the digital revolution and uh, we're going to be talking about uh, we're gonna be talking about some of the similarities between the two mike whatever got you thinking about an idea like
3: that the um, it occurred to me that there are that Mm, society is kind of spinning apart now and um, I've been reading some things at the time about the uh, about the French Revolution and uh, the Enlightenment that struck me that there were some parallels between the two.
0: Yeah there really was that was a time of amazing change and I don't know if people are aware of it maybe it's because we're living on that great river that runs through our culture culture denial but uh, people aren't really coming to terms with it. Are you feeling the effects of the info revolution Paul?
2: Uh, well, I think of myself as a rest stop on the information (laughs) superhighway. Um, it's all, you know, it, I mean... With 500 channels coming, uh, there'll be like the all golf channel. There'll be the all violence channel. There'll be the all Prozac channel. Yeah. On uh, that it doesn't it doesn't matter what's on.
0: Well, I think you're being even conservative because not only is there going to be the all golf channel, at least I'm reading here in my new, but there's going to be just a chan. There's just going to be a 13th hole channel and a 14th <laughs> hole <laughs> channel. Famous 18th holes as they were played in history. Anything that can be taped is going to be available on the Amish Shopping Channel. I bought some fine buggy whips. I mean, I really I appreciate the fact. I can pick up anything. Well, tell me, uh, you're in communications, uh, Mike. You're seriously into it. Do you really think that the future of America is going to be seeing people becoming like multi channeled couch potatoes? Are we going to have that much choice?
3: Yeah, I think the more significant thing is this Internet that you're using, though. I mean, I think the, the fact that people can uh, uh, pick their own groups of friends, even though they're not all in the same town, and, uh, and uh, communicate with them and uh, you know, develop their own kind of uh, private social contexts inside this, uh, inside this larger network, I think, that's, I think that's a big deal.
0: You know, it may have another effect. Paul and I did a show called Comandante Baldi and Thunderheart. In 19, check me on this. run was it 1980? What
2: during the Iran-Contra hearings?
0: During the Iran-Contra oh. hearings, hard to see again. I can't even put a date on it now. And uh, we made dreadful fun of what was going on. And we used radio. It was public radio in order to yeah. expose. <clears throat> and but there are only so many radio channels available, viz yeah. the fact that we had to use the very goodwill of a good public radio station in Los Angeles to get ourselves on the air. Mm-hmm. But with the internet, Paul, um, you know, you're going to yeah. be able to spread your you know your brand of of uh, of humor everywhere.
2: Um, yeah, the difference is that um, in in the kind of communes they had in the '60s, you know, there were people that did a lot of hugging and passing stuff around. Uh, I saw a guy who finally is on the internet. And he smiled, he was so happy, he said, at last I've found my extended family.
0: <laughs> it's true. Isn't yeah. it like a tribe, Mike? Yeah, a absolutely.
3: Sense? Absolutely. A, a collection of uh, of fairly tightly knit tribes that, that, you know, sort of have rules for interacting with one another, but but inside inside the tribe, real tight, you know, real tight. And
0: but it is free. I mean, it's, it, yeah. it, people always used to be afraid of the concept of anarchy. Anarchy was some guy with a yeah. long beard with this bomb that was lit, throwing it into a crowd yeah. of helpless uh, bourgeois. Yeah. And yet... The Internet is true anarchy. People are treated yeah. as individuals. You take responsibility for yourself and there's no overriding system that tells you what to do.
3: you know there's another parallel there with the uh, the French Revolution that the at the time when uh, people were first contemplating democracy, they were real afraid to let go of monarchy I mean th- that way um, with a monarchy everybody uh, you know it was real structured and real orderly and you didn't have to worry about decision making process there were a lot of people that worried about anarchy as a result of the introduction of democracy and i see this being kind of similar
0: do you think now with the with the death of uh Jackie kay or Jackie OK and with with Nixon <laughs> Jackie pa- KO yeah, and with Nixon passing along that we've seen the end of monarchy paul that mm, we're in that um, same position mm.
3: Well,
2: no, I mean, you know, there'll be other Kurt Cobains. (laughs) 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 That will come and go. Which is a form of monarchy, you know, for younger people.
0: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. And, and and the interesting thing is that with the spreading of media culture, you can become a Kurt Cobain. You can become a media star with a much smaller yeah, niche. Yeah. You can actually make your mo- you can make money in the in the music business today. Not like when the Fire Sign was raging back in '68 and '69 as a semi-sub industrial pop group, as a you know as a re- as a
2: non-conforming short hair reggae group. Oh yeah, but it, you know it, it it doesn't make any difference because it's so fleeting. I got my message in this uh, when I was in New York. York, and I was on the Conan O'Brien show uh, for my book tour, and I had to do a reading downtown, so NBC provided a limo to take me downtown, and there was a little group of people out there waiting for a celebrity, because they saw a limo outside of NBC, so I I got out, and this woman asked me if I would pose for a picture with her, so I put my arm around her, because a a camera gives you permission to do that to a stranger. That's true. uh, and uh this guy comes walking along and he sees me having my picture taken with this woman in front of NBC and a limo so he asks her for her autograph <laughs> And I'm going away in, in my limo watching them because she's signing us. Marge Briscoe, <laughs> my first, yeah, thank so, you very much. And so it has nothing to do with reality. It's all somebody's idea of what your image might be.
0: Well, you know, reality is changing so quickly. Mike, in your paper, you talk about the fact that the state, as we know it now, is too large to do certain things yeah. and too small to do other yeah. things. Give us a small idea of each. Well, yeah.
3: That was one of the things that, that made me think that um, uh, the state might be kind of disintegrating. A good example of too large is Russia. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, you know, that's a good example of a, uh, additionally, of a state that could be said to have been taken apart by the information revolution. Yes, it
0: was. And what about too small? What are we well, too small to do? Too
3: small, there are a lot of things that uh, that um, are beyond the scope of the government. For example, currency and uh, currency trading. There's an example now of, uh, you know, us trying to change the value of the dollar relative to European currencies and uh, you know all of the governments trying to get together and they can't beat the currency traders so one, too, one side
0: the, you're trying to beat currency the other side you're trying to beat current it really is a run up <laughs> it really is well i want to thank you very much for coming and sitting on the diner i want you to go get some bites and bits over there by the band paul krasner Mike Bowles, Paul has a new book out. I want to remind people it's on Simon Schuster. It's called Confessions of a Raving, Unconfined Lunatic. Not Misadvent- lunatic, nut. Nut. Sorry, nut. Oh, please. Please. Not. please. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I was using my synonym thing on, my, on Microsoft Word. <laughs> uh, Misadventures in the Counterculture. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, Peter.